Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Legacy. 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 This is the Aztec Legacy Podcast with yours truly, Robert Ortiz, where we honor and, and learn from the legacies of the past, present, and the future Aztecs. Today, we have a special guest. He was a two-sport athlete at San Diego State. Uh... Uh, my fellow wide out and uh, <laughs> and uh, special special guest went on to do some coaching um, went on to do some some great things in football and uh, it's my my pleasure to have him on the show so Mr. Keith Williams how you doing pretty good how you doing I'm blessed I'm shoot just doing these these podcasts and and getting a chance to to, to talk to some of the the Aztec legends, you know, it, it's a it's an honor, and uh, and I appreciate your time and everybody's time that comes on the show. So, um, how you holding up in these 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 times? Uh, it's you know pretty much probably like everybody else, just taking it day by day. Yes, sir. That's all you can do. Um, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, just real quick, let us know where you're from. Uh, and maybe what kind of a, a a kid or teenager you were? Um, I'm from Stockton, California. Well, that's where I was raised. Okay. Uh, I actually lived in San Diego from age two to age twelve, and then my mother and father divorced, and we moved to Stockton, where my mother's family was from. And so, uh, from seventh grade through high school, I lived in Stockton, and I came back to San Diego State. Nice. Did you still have some ties, like, you know, uh, as a teenager? Did you did you ever like come down to San Diego, or was that not really, you know? Nah, no, no. Once I left, once once my father and her um, divorced, and we moved to Stockton, I, I didn't come back to San Diego at all until my recruiting trip to San Diego State. Oh, okay. Uh, now, growing up, what kind of uh, sports did you play? I played all three sports, football, basketball, and track all four years in high school. Nice. And uh, yeah. what, what, kind, what kind of an athlete were you in, in, in basketball or player, I should say? I, I was nasty. Oh, okay. I, I was nasty, Magic Johnson. And, and my high school was purple and gold, and I had number 32, and I played point, and I had the Magic Johnson Converse. Ooh, okay. So you had yeah, you had yeah. everything that you needed to be yeah. a successful point guard on the basketball court. And and stupid no looks. Man, we need to see some footage, man. You got footage? I might, I might be able to go call moms and see because she dig up some out of the crates. Yeah, we can put that <laughs> online, baby. You got to digitize everything nowadays, you know, because back then we didn't have YouTube. We absolutely did not have YouTube. <laughs> we, we barely had VHS, right? And and it's and it's it's 
funny to see all these like uh these kids nowadays they have uh like everybody has a youtube highlight and it's it, to me it's dope you know because that's not only marketing for you but it's also uh archiving it for you know future generations so i i'm actually working on getting my stuff digitized and putting it online so that my kids could be like oh my dad played football and then someone goes no he didn't and they go check you know youtube <laughs> without a doubt and and you know what you're saying is, is a very important point because not only not only just in, in general in terms of far as you saying you want to be able to show your kids and, and your family and then show their kids and whatnot but also it's, it's so easy to preserve it online yes you know you know because you know vhs depending on how far back you go i go back to vhs dvd you know, it's, it's hard to preserve those, even if you do, even if you do have, you know, every game or, or a large volume of, of, of footage, it's hard to preserve it in those materials uh, nowadays. So that when you, if you can get it, if you can get it transferred to, like you said, digitize it and put it online, then you know, that's the easiest way to preserve forever. Yeah, forever. Internet ain't going nowhere. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> so. Nah, so, yeah, I agree. So you were, uh, um. Three sport athlete. Um, I'm sure you. I, I seen you. You you did come to San Diego State and and do track as well. Were you rec- mm-hmm. what, were you recruited for all three, or were you know your two sports, track and football, mostly recruit wise? Um, how did that go? No, I was I was mainly. I mean, I was just recruited to San Diego State for football um, because at the actually at the time. That's when Coach Lugabill's first, it was his first year. So San Diego State actually recruited me late because, you know, they formed the staff, you know, late because of the new staff. So they didn't really even have, I had, I didn't even have any contact with San Diego State at all until like mid-January. Oh, okay. Because they had a new staff. And so they didn't, they had to hire a new staff and then obviously get on the road and get situated recruiting-wise. So I didn't even actually make any contact from a recruiting standpoint uh, with they didn't make any contact with me until you know mid January, early January, mid January. Got it. And did, but did you have any other uh, schools you know checking you out? Oh yeah, I, I have uh, Washington State, uh, Arizona, Fresno State. I, yeah, I, I had some pretty good offers. Um, nice. But it, like I said, it was just all football. I, I wasn't getting recruited in track. I, I got I got looked at uh, in track from some people. But you know, not no major schools um, will recruit me in track. What about hoop? Nah, I was nasty, but I wasn't that nasty. My jumper wasn't where it should be, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Just check. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, tra- I'm just trying to, pay, you know, put the picture together. I'm just trying to see what, who, what, what kind of athlete we were dealing with, you know, coming out. Um, so, recruited by some, some, some pretty. I mean. I would say well-known schools uh, and San Diego state gets in the mix late. Tell me how that, that whole process for you went like what, what, who, who are you talking to, to, uh, you know, kind of make that decision. And then, um, you know, what were the things that were like the selling points, I guess, to get you to San Diego state? Um, well, like I said, I was getting recruited by Washington State, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Fresno, Cal. And I was really, really, really interested in Cal 
because like I said, I'm, I'm in Stockton, California and at that time, and even still now, uh, you know, when you, if you were getting recruited from Cal, by, recruited by Cal and, and you lived in Northern California, the Bay Area, uh, you know, you were really interested in Cal if they were interested in you, and, at least initially. Yeah, so I was really, deal. it's a big deal. And I was definitely interested in Cal. Um, I, I definitely could see myself going to Cal in the long run. And then probably, but I also liked, I also liked Washington State because at that time, that was like the beginning of the wide open offense, the single back offense that we, that we, that we know now as being basically, you know, the most popular type of offense, the single back offense with three wide, with four wide outs on the field. Yep. And so Washington State was the first really, the first really, uh, you know, big university, major university to really have success doing that. Coach Mike Price uh, was the head coach, was the offensive coordinator at that time. And, and they were, and they were rolling with that offense. And so I was interested in them also from a football perspective. And then, like I said, San Diego State had a new staff. I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but, uh, obviously I found out later that San Diego State hired a new staff. And so Ed Schmidt, who was the D line coach, all of a sudden just showed up on, on my high school campus looking for me. And then he caught up to me and he, you know, he explained the fact that they were a new staff and they were just getting out on the road trying to, you know, get get going recruiting-wise, and they were interested in me and would I like to take a recruiting trip to San Diego State. And so I said yes, and so that's how that started. Nice. And, and okay, so you go on the recruiting trip. Did you make your decision right away? Like, you know, I've had some conversations with guys like, shoot, as soon as I got there, I was like, I'm signing. Uh, or some people like uh, Ephraim Salam, he already knew he was going to San Diego State before San Diego State was even recruiting him. <laughs> he said, "Well, Ephraim, Ephraim was going to San Diego State anyway because we hosted Ephraim." So, yeah, yeah, you know, we, and we, we heard that story. A... You guys lost him. <laughs> <laughs> we did, <laughs> we did. Um, um, but it, hey, it all worked out. It, it definitely did, Big E, definitely. Uh, but uh, just trying to get a get a good picture. So how did what what was it that that San Diego State was offering you that the other schools were not? Uh, what, well, like I said, I, I uh, you know I used to live there, and so I kind of was familiar with the city, even though I moved when I was really young. But I, I knew that San Diego was a great city. Um, uh, my father actually still lived there at the time, and. And uh, really, so I was I was I was comfortable with 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 the fact that it was in San Diego. I was comfortable with the city already. Yeah. And then the selling point really was the wideout coach Curtis Johnson. Yeah. Um, he, he when I when I met him, I pretty much knew I wanted to be coached by him and be around him and have him be in charge of the next phase of my life. And so uh, I kind of made my as long as what I thought was the case end up actually being the case in terms of the program being pretty good and, and the coaching staff's vision, you know, on point with, with what I thought was important and the fact that he was going to be the coach. And I had a great time on, on my recruiting trip uh, just in general. Met some good guys on the trip that ended up also going to San Diego State, ended up being lifelong friends of mine. So uh, I kind of, when I left the, when I left the visit, subconsciously, I kind of knew that I was going to commit there, but I had promised my high school coach to come back home and discuss it with him before I verbally committed to any school. So I was going to honor 
uh, my, my word to him and do that, even though when I left San Diego, I was probably 80% thinking I was going to commit. Nice. And if, was there anybody uh, special in your life, coach, uh, parents, that uh, that helped you make that decision, or you you made it yourself? No, my high school coach, Jeff Tracy. I went to Toke High School. Uh, my high school coach, Jeff Tracy, was, was really instrumental. And, uh, you know, he, he was important. And what he thought was important, he had helped me a lot throughout my high school years and what he thought was important to me and he was instrumental in my development as a high school player and, and basically to get to the point I was then uh, you know as a, as a high school athlete academically and athletically so he told me no matter where I go on a visit it's going to all be great because I, I went to Oregon State and I liked it there too prior to San, going to San Diego State and he just said just always come back and let's talk about it and then go from there and so when I got back that's what I did I went and told him I said I love it um, I said, I love the area. I love the city. I love the coach, the wideout coach. I love where they're going offensively because they were going to run the spread offense too, basically the multi-wideout set a lot. So I said, I love the football part, and I love the wideout coach, and I met some guys down there that I think are going to go too. And so, you know, I, I have a, some buddies already that I kind of have a relationship with going in. Who are the, Who are those so, guys? Uh, Taraj Smith, who played D line. Uh-huh. Uh Will Will Tate, who played wide out. Yes, sir. Uh, yep. Um, Terrell Steen, who played outside backer. Uh-huh. So no, Kip Jeffries, who played who played uh, running back. So all those guys were on the trip. Oh, uh, yeah, all those guys were on the trip, and so and Will was actually already committed to San Diego State. Oh, okay. Um, you know, low key, he, he he hadn't made it verbal yet. I mean, he hadn't made it public yet, but he told me that he was probably, and he was from San Diego, so he told me he was probably going going to go uh, go to San Diego State. And Jake Nyberg, who at the time went to Orange Glen High School, and he and he played wide out. So those guys I befriended and got along with really good, and so that part was was important to me too. Nice. It it sounds like uh, Coach Curtis Johnson was uh, the guy, you know, to be honest. Like, just hearing all the – everybody that he brought to San Diego State, um, <laughs> even some by accident, you know. Uh, let's go to Marshall Falk. You know, he said they got stuck on, a um, like, a delayed flight or something like that, and that's how that introduction happened. So – Right. It it sounds like I need to get him on the podcast <laughs> and have a conversation hey. with him because I think he hey. could, he could give me some good information. When you get him, make sure your phone is charged. <laughs> All right, I will. Because <laughs> it, it, it's go it's gonna be a long one. He 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 gonna tell you. He he likes to tell the whole story. Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna do that. I, I and I might have to have to do a, do a part one and part two then. Most likely. <laughs> All right, so you decide you're going to San Diego State. Uh, what was it like when you first stepped on campus? And when did you first step on campus? Were you uh, did you come like early summer, or did you like camp? Was camp your first introduction to San Diego State? Yeah, camp was my first introduction. I got there, you know, real early August, like 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 
you know, normal the report, you know, a couple of days before the report date. Yeah. And so uh, it was it was awesome. Um, Will, like I said, Will Tate ended up being my dorm roommate for camp. And like I said, he and I had already uh, became friends on the trip. So that was that worked out perfect. Uh-huh. And, you know, back then we stayed in Taraz Tech dorm for camp. So, you know, it was kind of like, kind of like good times, but it was all good. Yeah. You know, it was grind, it was grimy and it was camp. So, you know, I was ready to roll. Yeah. That's one of the, that's one of the things I always, I'll never forget is camp time. You know, just, there was times where I'm like, man, why do I, why do I do this to myself every year? <laughs> you know, you're going through oh, two a days. Oh, um, ain't no doubt about it. But then you know, but then you get to the season and you and you you remember, yeah, this is this is what it's about, you know. So, right. um, what uh, let give us a picture of of who you were. I mean, as far as um, like your size and and where you were on the depth chart when you first came in. Were you thinking red shirt? Uh, were you thinking I'm gonna play? Because, uh, like I said, I've had guys on the show already that were like. Oh, mentally, I was gonna play, and so I was like, "Oh, okay." Um, I know I was not there mentally. I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna redshirt my first year." So, just want to get a get a picture and an idea of your mentality coming in. Right. Well, I definitely thought I was gonna play. I just plan on playing. They hadn't promised me anything like that, uh-huh. but just as far as as far as what my goal was, I was going to play. I didn't even really understand what redshirt was, to be honest. I mean, I knew what it was in general, but I didn't know that that was something that happened a lot to true freshmen. So, I didn't even put two and two together as far as thinking about redshirt. Plus, you know, I thought I was the best player in the world, so I thought I'm I'm playing. So, my whole goal and whole thought process going into, uh, you know, going into it was that I was going to play. I wasn't even thinking about redshirt. And so, when I got there, I I it. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, yeah. you did register. Needless to say, but and and then to be honest, it was when I got there and I I you know I found out the dynamics of the team, what redshirting means, how how it can benefit you, you know, at 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 the right time in your life, and and why people redshirt. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And why do you say that? Because you know I wasn't necessarily ready for the the week to week uh, mental grind of, of playing and traveling right away uh-huh. uh, I, I didn't think I was and we had good players at White House and yeah. so if I can if I can sit back learn from them and it not count against me on ability wise you know that was a win win for me who are the guys there that 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 uh I guess the older guys at that time it was, when you first got it there it was uh, Patrick Rowe oh yeah uh, I mean he was an animal Yep. Jimmy Ray, mm-hmm. Jimmy Ray, uh, Dennis Airy, Monty Gilbert, Robert Claiborne, um, Tony Nettles, Dennis Airy, I probably mentioned him. So yeah. We had dogs, yeah. you know, Larry Maxey. Yeah, okay, so, okay. Yeah, you're red shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about it. So, and I was, and I was cool with him. And to be honest, you know, all of us red shirted. So it was kind of like, you know, now we all just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. All the all you mean all the the new recruits. Yeah, all the all the basically all the new. I don't. I, I got to think about it a little more. But I don't think. I don't think anybody played. I don't think anybody in that class played as a true freshman. Yeah. Well, hey, 
it just just means that uh, we were we were uh, probably good as far as guys that were there already, and then uh, and then it also meant that you guys had some development to do. <laughs> and, oh, and- no doubt about. It. I didn't have a problem with it at all. Like I didn't, I didn't, and, and I know what you're saying. I, I didn't take it as a slight on my talent or a slight on on the way they viewed me as an athlete or or a football player. I didn't take it as that. I took it as a as a as a benefit. I took it as a blessing because you get there, and I wasn't better than any of those guys that were playing at that moment. And so, so it, it, the red shirt red shirting was a was a blessing, a hundred percent blessing to me. Yeah, I didn't I didn't look at it I didn't look at it as a negative in any aspect. Yeah, and I, that's good. I mean that I I hope no uh, kid looks at it as a negative. I hope they they use it as a, as a chance to just get better. And, uh, you know, and get familiar because going from high school to college, I mean, I think that's the biggest jump uh, because you're a young, you know, 18-year-old, some some come in 17, and then you're going against like 20, 22, 23-year-old, you know, like men. So I feel like that's the biggest jump. Uh, there as far no, as there's no doubt about it. Speed but and some guys take it personal because you know later on, obviously, I, you know, I'm a coach now, and, I, and I've had to had have those discussions with with good players. You know, not not to get off topic, but um, when I was at Fresno State, I registered at Devontae Adams, which was not that smart to be honest. But but, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I I've had those conversations where guys they don't look at it necessarily as a benefit right away, and then when you explain to them why you think redshirting is the best the best decision for them in the long term then they usually get it yeah yeah wow shoot that would be a tough one Devontae Adams hey you got a red shirt this year but again you you are looking at the bigger picture uh, they're most likely looking at it from like kind of a pride standpoint like I I need to play now you know my friends My friends and family expect me to play now. Right. No no, no, no doubt about it. The parents do get involved. The parents' influence does play a part at times when you, when you, you know, when at first they don't accept it right away. Uh, you know, some like you said, it's like you said about you, and that goes for the parents too. Sometimes the parents are 100% in favor of their son redshirting because they feel like their son needs to develop more academically. Or from that. Most of the time, parents, Parents like it because they want their son to have a year to develop and transition from a personal standpoint. Yeah, for sure. And I so, mean, they're on their own for the first time. Right, right. So a lot of times parents do understand and, and are in favor of it. Then, like you said, then there's, then, there's, then there's the other side of it where the parent, you know, he already has his San Diego State jersey. He thought he's going to wear that to the games, and now his son's going to be in a sweatsuit. <laughs> Hey, get to know the other players, mom and dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, look through the media guide and get to know everybody. Yeah. Uh, So, okay, so you go into that that first year and you redshirt, but what what was your goal, you know, from that point to the next season? Like, what was your goal as a player and I, I guess you could say as a student as well? Um, I just wanted to play, you know, from as far as a short-term goal. I wanted, you know, I was on scout team. I had fun on scout team, you know, because 
it was football. You're playing against the first-team defense. No pressure on you. I remember, I remember, like, you know, as a red shirt, you, let, you know, the team would lose. We lose, and, and I, I was hurt. But the guys who played, obviously, were almost a little more hurt than you because they actually were the ones who didn't play well or whatever. And so I would just remember, I remember guys' faces when they would get back from it, if it was a road trip, and it was just, you could tell there was just so much pressure on, on you as a player, yeah. you know. And so, and so, especially if you were a good player, um, so I, I, I enjoy not, not having that football pressure right away too. So on scout team, I used to go crazy on scout team. Yeah. I, I enjoy scout team. You know, I worked on my game. I, used, you know, I worked on my shakes. I run backwards, turn around in a circle. I do all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and so, what? Oh uh, yeah, we we used to go crazy on scout team. Coach Lamb used to be so mad because we would we 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 you know back then that was real real scout team. Like the defense was hitting you, yeah, like tackling to the ground. Yep. And so obviously the obviously the scout team card played into the hands in the favor of the defense for the most part. Uh-huh. And so we we would look at the card and see it having us run right into the linebacker. And so. Many, many times we would not do the car, <laughs> <laughs> or or add a little bit, a little bit something different to it to you know allow us to be a little successful, even though you know it wasn't really our show. But you know you didn't want to get smacked by Daryl Lewis every five minutes either. D. Lou, that was my uh, that was my defensive coordinator in high school. Listen to me, D. Lou hit me the hardest I ever been hitting football from from. The park all the way to the NFL. <laughs> I'm telling you, what, 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 smacked me. What, what, what was it? Team. I know, but you got to tell. A, you got to paint the picture for us. It was a seam route. Uh-huh. D. Lou, D. Lou signed to Ohio State. Yep. It might, it might not have been a scout team, but it, it might have been a, a real scrimmage. It was either scout team or scrimmage. But D. Lou and Ty Morrison signed to Ohio State out of high school, and then came back to San Diego, and, and then. And then, you know, came to San Diego State, so they both had to sit out. I think it was scout. Ah. No, matter of fact, he was on scout team, and and I was playing because they had to sit out because of the transfer rules. Okay. One way or another, he was at safety, and I ran a team. He smacked me. Like, I can hear, I can hear one of, you know, with those Chinese, those Chinese, like, symbols where a guy says, here comes the king, and they go, doom, with the big thing. Yeah. <laughs> Like introducing the emperor, dong, yeah, big like, dong, <laughs> yeah, big dong. That like that's how it sounded in my head. To this day, that's hard that ever been hit in my whole life. From <laughs> day one, from, from day one to day right now. That's hilarious. Smack me. Yeah. He uh he he used to scare us at practice. You know he's he's a defensive coordinator, but that man would put on a helmet, no shoulder pads, no nothing, just a helmet. <laughs> to show his technique and whoever he was going up against, oh man, we were, we Listen felt bad because he was not, he was going like he was actually playing. It was hilarious. Listen. I was like, "There's no way I could have lined up across this man." Listen to me. There's a lot of players who, uh, who, uh, you know, their story is their story, and they embellish as they, you know, the longer that the longer it goes by. Since that story happened, they embellish or they tell the story a little different. Yeah, it gets better and better. It gets better and better. Whatever he told you about him hitting is true. (laughs) 
Well, I don't he know. Did, I don't he do didn't it. need to tell us. He was putting on helmets. Like I'm telling you, he was showing. He wasn't telling. He was like, oh. You 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 don't think I, oh and you know guys guys would be trying to like talk trash and stuff he's like nah I'll no. show you and then no. that's when he shut a lot of people a lot of kids up like <laughs> all right we're not I don't even know if that was legal back then but he did it it probably wasn't but but I I I can see that a hundred percent no doubt about it all right so you were you ended up doing track at San Diego State, how did that, was that like part of the deal or were you like, man, I'm running track or is that actually something that you guys did back then? Because they didn't have men's track when I got there. Well, well, to start off with, to start from the ending first, to your point, the last year I ran was the last year of men's track. Okay. So, but I was a I I ran ten four in high school. Um, I was a I was an accomplished track runner in high school, and so and I love track. Mm-hmm. And and but but when I got when I got to San Diego State, you know it's just tough to just tough to do both. You think initially, yeah. Um, I wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking about running track when I got there. I I didn't even think, you know, I didn't even think that that was an option to be honest. And then, you know, I kind of. I kind of lost interest in, in in running it competitively, like for the team, because you know football is so consuming. So, but as we got older and and you understood how to balance, you know, you transition as a as a person, and you understood how to balance your life as a, as a student athlete, you know, we start my interest in track started to, to resurface, and that's a that's the year in 1991 when Marshall got there and Darnay. Mm-hmm. And, and P. Rowe was still there. And and I want to say that's about when football players from other schools start running track. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you think about it, when you go to when you go to the state meet, the fastest guys play football. Yep. They're the all the football like, players. They're all the football players who run track. So really the fact, unless, you know, you go to a real prominent track program that, that you know, that, that they are across the country. But unless you go to one of those places, one of those, schools um probably the fastest people on campus are on the football team yeah so and that was the case that was the case at San Diego State so Ron Sheffield uh um was obviously a great 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 coach we were really we were really we had a great relationship with him yep. and and C's C's did too and so and C's was was a supporter of us running track so one thing led to another and we wanted to run track Mm-hmm. Um, so we went to C's and asked him, "Could we run me, Darnay, Griff? Griff was jumping triple jump because he was <clears throat> he was a great jumper in high school. Me, Darnay, C, uh, me, Darnay, P. Rowe, and, and Marshall uh, approached C's and said we want to run track because all those guys were, you know, Darnay uh, came in third in the two hundred in the state in, in high school. Yeah, so you know he was he was an animal." I want to say maybe second in the 200, but you know, he was an animal in high school right there in San Diego. Kearney high school. Kearney high school. P Rowe obviously was an animal in in track at from Lincoln. Uh, Marshall also from New Orleans. And so we had, we know we had a pretty good track track background amongst the four of us. And so we went to see. I'd love to see footage of that. Oh, I think I, I think I definitely have footage of that. Ooh, I want to see that. Yeah, I can tell my mom dig up the crates. I definitely have footage of that. And so, <laughs> no, no doubt about we'll it. We'll put it on so, the Aztec Legacy uh, 
Instagram. Oh yeah, we can do it. We were rolling. We can do it. Let's do it. Hey, hey, we, hey, we definitely were rolling. Um, so we went to seas, and he, and he was all for it, but they didn't want us to. They said we couldn't miss any spring ball to run. Because I think those guys at SC, like uh, Jeff Lane, and and they had they had football player Travis Hanna, <clears throat> Quincy Watt, who went on to win the Olympics in the quarter. They all were playing for USC, and they were. I think they were missing spring ball to run for USC track. They were. They, their coach let them allowed them to miss some spring balls. Yeah. Um, coach Lugabill said we could run, but he wasn't going to let us miss any practices. So we end up practicing uh, spring ball every day, and then we would just go up there to track and just all we did was relay practice and blocks. We didn't do the. We didn't do any track workout because we had just finished football practice. Yeah. So we would just go up there. And practice our handoff for the four by one, and and then me, Marshall, and uh, me and Marshall, no, me, just me and P. Rowe would practice blocks. What was a what? What do you think is the the most beneficial thing you got from doing that? You know, doing both. Just, you know, basically at its sport, just building up your speed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You just you max when you run track you maximize your speed because you are actually running full speed every time. Yeah. Uh, you know, not, you know, unlike in football, you may not be running full speed every time you you know you take off on a run or a sprint. In track, you running full speed every time, and so you just maximizing your speed. You're reaching that speed threshold that you naturally have as as an athlete, and as you continue to reach and surpass that threshold, then that's basically where the speed development comes from. So you end up as a faster player a faster person because of that. Do you, um, do you encourage your players now to do that? A thousand percent. Really? No doubt about it. You know, um, and you know, you, you, the team camaraderie, you, you know, you, you, you help your university, uh, uh, do well in another sport. Um, cause we, we end up getting second in the four by one in the WAC championships. We end up getting second in the four by one in the championships that were, that were held at San Diego state that, that, that year. We end up getting second in a, in a four by one. I nice. end up getting third in the in the hundred. I got third in the hundred. So it was it was a, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean that 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 definitely you said camaraderie, but that just puts uh, San Diego State on the map in another sport, you know. And that's to me, it, it's like brand recognition. You know, the more you can see San Diego State or any you know whatever school you're at, the more you can see that. Um, just on boards, whether it's ESPN, whether it's the paper, whether it's internet, whatever, it helps the brand. So, no, um, no I mean, and we and we placed. You know, it wasn't just like you know we we got second in the four by one. Like we were on the podium getting the silver medal. I got third in the hundred. I was on the podium getting the, a bronze medal. So we placed. So we we absolutely represented San Diego State uh, in that way. Yeah, that's dope. Uh, what are some some things that you um, took from San Diego State into your life uh, moving forward? Just basically what, you know, what I learned as a football player in the wideout room, you know, as you well know, mm-hmm. uh, we we had and still do, you know, have a strong tradition of brotherhood at, at the position of wideout. And so we went through a lot as young men. We didn't know it then, but we were basically being raised by seeds. And so all the trials and tribulations, uh, you know, new levels, new areas of your life that you go into as you mature as a young man and go from a teenager to a young man. 
you know, we all went through that together. And so you, you remember those, those values and those, and those lessons that you learned uh, during that time of your life. And then you, you try, you know, as you move forward into, you know, true adulthood, independent adulthood, uh, and as a father and as a husband, potentially, you draw on those lessons and those experiences uh, as you move forward. For sure. One thing I ask uh, guys that come on the show is if you could, you know, have a conversation with your 18-year-old self uh, or, you know, someone that was in your position that came in, uh, you know, maybe he's doing two sports or whatnot, but just your 18-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Try to, you know, as best as you can, try to identify what's necessary and what's unnecessary as you go through, you know, as you, as you make decisions on a daily basis, you know, in terms of what, what is it, what's necessary and what's a distraction. Oh. Um, I, I wasn't great at the distraction part. Uh, and, 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 and that's where we, that's where we lean on each other at that, at that, at those moments, because we were so tight. Um, you know, we were so tight as a, as a white out unit that, you know, everything we went through, everything one person went through, we all went through it, and everybody had their own insight, even though we were the same age, everybody had their own insight on whatever was going on in your life, and so you were able, you were able to get advice, able to learn lessons, uh, you know, and able, able to come up with solutions to different situations in your life uh, that, that, that happened, and so if I had to have a conversation with my 18 year old self, it would be the same conversation I had with my son, who's 24, who, who was a student athlete is you just got to identify what's a distraction and what's necessary because obviously too many distractions will throw you off course. Yeah. That's, that's a tough one for an 18 year old, especially an 18 year, 18 year old that is on their own for the first time that has never seen probably some of the things that they, they're, you know, experiencing, at that moment and you know to to some it's just fun to some it's it's normal and then to some it's like whoa you know so you definitely have to be able to decipher that but that's that's a tough one that's a tough one to ask an 18 year old no doubt but see what and the the the, the point the, 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 that's point one point one a would be to help point one is to Surround yourself with like-minded individuals that all of you guys have the same goal and have the same uh, have the same spirit and support each other through thick and thin, twenty-four hours a day. And so, once once you get a group that that that's cohesive like that, it it's not it, you, you know the distractions don't get eliminated, but you don't have to deal with them on your own. You, you, you're able to lean on, on those people to help you get through that uh, one way or the other. And so, like I said, I, my last season was 1993. I got married in 2005. And out of my groomsmen, it was seven wideouts in that in, in that line. Um, Who's that? Who's that? Were, Name them. And the rest of them was at the wedding. Um, so, you know, it was it's, to this day, it was, we, we still, we're still together. So, that, you know that that's the way. That's one of the ways that you that you uh, battle those distractions or the or the temptation, the urges, or some of those distractions. Is just have people around you that help you. Yeah. Ah. Well, 
I appreciate you coming on the show. We got to have you back because I have I have a feeling there's 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 more to your story. Um, uh, but we'll, we'll we'll save that for part two. And uh, I I like I said, I truly appreciate you coming on and and uh, and just sharing because there's a lot of people out there that you know maybe maybe they don't know your know your story or they don't know uh or they they have they might be in the same experience or having the same experience as you and you know you may have just helped somebody so i appreciate right. that and uh man stay blessed and 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 try to stay safe in these uh these scary times are you guys is your season going no 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 um i'm actually not coaching right now i'm just i'm just doing my personal workout uh, oh okay right okay now, but so that's why you're coming to San Diego tomorrow then? Yes. For your business. Now, tell us a little bit about your business real quick. Well, it's just I, I, I work out. I'm basically a wide-out uh, you know, wide producer, so to speak. Nice. Uh, I, just, I work out guys from NFL on down. And so that's what I've been doing. My daughter just went to college, Jacksonville University, to play soccer. And so now my wife and I are empty nesters. Hey. You know, I'm planning on I'm planning on getting back into coaching now. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, right now that's what I'm doing, and I'm having a good time doing it. I'm able to be around be around a lot of great athletes from pro you know, all, all the way down to to you. So, sometimes to be cool. honest, sometimes I feel like that is more effective than actually coaching a whole entire group because I feel like you don't get the amount of time that a wideout needs like for instance when you're when you're part when you're a, a wide receiver coach they give you about five to ten minutes in the whole practice to you know either warm them up get get their their fundamentals right whatever it's up to you to kind of encourage them to kind of go on their own and work on the things that you're teaching them in practice right yeah there's definitely there's definitely a time conflict in terms of, in terms of, you know, individual attention and, and the time to really detail certain things. I mean, there's obviously definitely uh, a difference there for sure. Yeah. So to me, I always looked at it like, man, I wish I could like coach P I, I wish I could have had more time. Uh, Ray Peterson, if y'all don't know, uh, he was my wide receiver coach. Um, but, I wish I could have had more time individually with him um, because I feel like I probably could have learned a lot more than him trying to fit it all in the amount of time of practice, you know, but they obviously there's restrictions, you know, you can only be with your players for a certain amount of time. So I tried to, to take what he, he was trying to tell us or teach us in practice or even in meeting rooms and do it on my own. But again, it would have been nice to just have him there with me like yeah like try this or nah that's that's not really you know because i can't see myself all i could do is right. is go off of mentally what i saw yeah no 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 doubt about it uh that, that that's definitely true you definitely get a chance you know just like anything else that you would be able to work with somebody one-on-one doing whether it's football or cooking or you know typing or anything computers anytime you get a chance to have an extended amount of time with somebody one-on-one you know, you're going to be able to get a lot more detailed, you know, in, in that in that topic or, 
whatever you guys are working on. So that's for sure. And then, you you know, the, the one-on-one conversations are a little different too because, you know, it could be a little more personal. You know, you can get closer. You can find out more about exactly what the issue is instead of kind of just getting the, the top surface of it and, and, and having to move on from there. Yep. Well, keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate you again, and uh, we'll have you back on for, for part two. That'll work. No All doubt. Right. Appreciate it. Wide outs. You know. <laughs> All right, brother. Stay blessed. All right. Have a Have a wonderful weekend in San Diego. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.